My name is Summer. And my name is Nicole. And we are financial advisors. This is the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. We have worked with many widows during our careers. Although we are not widows, we see the need for solid financial education before and after losing a spouse. We do this by telling stories from widows and our own lives. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And Summer, you're about to head out of town, right? Yes, I leave tomorrow. I'm going to California, spend time with my family. I'm originally from that area, Northern California, Sacramento area. And I'm so excited. All my siblings are going to be there. There's six of us. So it'll be fun to get together and hang out. And my parents just moved to a new house. So, and I guess there's only, it's been under renovation and remodeled. There's only two working bathrooms and there's going to be like nine people. So hopefully it goes okay, but... You know, it's always an adventure with that many kids. Yeah, Yeah, my family's big too. And yeah, when we all get together, it's a lot. Yeah, and there's usually limited bathrooms anyway, but we'll be at a new level with two. I think one, I think, I don't know if there's like one working shower or two. I can't remember. I guess we'll find out (laughs) when I get there. My mom's like, well, you can go down to the neighbor's house. I'm like, oh yeah, let me just walk over there in my towel and take a shower. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But fun to see everybody, right? Yes. What's going on in your life? Um, so I'm pregnant. I think we've told our listeners that already. And this is our second baby. Uh-huh. And um, so I've experienced this with both pregnancies. But this time I'm much more aware of it um, that I get really clumsy. Oh, <laughs> Like the first time I was, I was like, what is going on? Like, why do I keep like stubbing my toe and falling down the stairs? And oh, the other thing is like, I'll eat food and I'll spill on myself. And then your belly sticks out, you know, and it catches everything. Oh, yeah. And you're just a mess. <laughs> and I, I just remember thinking, what is wrong with me? I, I For a long time, I was like, I just, why am I so clumsy? Why am I spilling so much food? I finally looked it up and it is co- not common, but it is a side effect of being pregnant. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I know. It's very weird. I like thought I was going crazy for a while or I just felt, it just felt weird. Like what is, I'm not usually like this. And it's usually, they. there's a couple of explanations. One, your ligaments loosen up to like prepare for birth. Oh, okay. And so your body's just not used to itself. And then like your belly might throw off your balance a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. This makes sense. And then like for eating... Like you're sitting a little bit further away from the table than mm-hmm. you're used to. And so maybe your is it eye hand or hand eye coordination yeah. isn't quite right. Uh-huh. But it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like such a like not myself. Yeah. That's hilarious. I know. And I'm just like happy to know about it. I'm like, I share it with people. I'm like, in case you're ever clumsy while you're pregnant, you're not crazy. It's a real thing. I think that's so important when you have some like something health-wise going on to relate to someone else. I don't know. It just always feels better to be like, oh, you had that too. Or, oh, you know what that's like. So that's nice. You could be an advocate for clumsy pregnant people. (laughs) Anyway, so it's been a little rough. I fell down the stairs yesterday. (laughs) No, it was fine. But it's also, I need to be aware of it because I have a toddler who often wants me to carry him around. Oh, So I need to be more careful. (laughs) Yes. He is so precious, by the way. Don't want to fall down the stairs with him. Yes. So, but I think this relates to our, some of our listeners, our widow group that I've saw this post of a lot of grievers have physical side effects too. Uh-huh. And just things that you're, I don't know, maybe all of a sudden you're like, wait, why am I feeling this way? Oh, it's because your grief can manifest in physical ways, stress yes. and 
depression and health issues and higher blood pressure. And yeah, you just find a group, somebody you can relate to and make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, and I think we've learned that the widow community uh, for the most part, can be very tight-knit. And I think that's so important because you're going through something you've never gone through before. And having relatability is so important and having a community is so important. So I think it's a good point. And, and yeah, I don't know the physical, all the physical effects of... And um, I think it'd be different for everybody. Yeah. But I do know like when I'm stressed, I have physical effects. I have my back hurts and I just, I don't know, I just feel it and... Yeah. In your body, yeah. And I can't like can't sleep very well. And so I know stress isn't grief, but they are sometimes related. Yeah. And so anyway, it can be tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's rough. So make sure you're getting, taking care of yourself and find somebody who can relate to you. It's always helpful. Yes. We're going to talk today about something that has a direct implication for widows, but also can apply to other people. And I, it's, we're going to talk about Roth conversions. I just want to preface this with, we are trying so hard to make financial topics interesting and it's not easy. So bear with us. We This is important. So we hope you listen and we're going to try and make it um, really interesting by telling stories of some people we know and clients that we've worked with uh, while changing their names, et cetera. So bear with us. <laughs> yeah. And I think we just, uh, we're going to, there's so many different things you could talk about with tax issues that we're going to talk about today. And we're not going to touch on everything, but, you know, try and touch on some of the major things to consider. Yes. So the first thing we wanted to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, is we want to talk about what a Roth conversion is. So if you have an individual retirement account uh, held at a custodian, wherever it is, uh, usually like at Schwab or Fidelity, wherever, you can take that money in your IRA and quote unquote convert it to a Roth IRA which is after tax money. So your IRA money you got a deduction on your taxes for putting it in there. Your Roth money is after tax. But when you take it out of your IRA you have to pay the taxes on it. So you move it over to your Roth and you have to pay tax on the whole portion and it's usually it is in your tax bracket. So if you're in the 24% tax bracket, that's the, it'll count as income and that's what you'll be paying on it. Yeah. Uh, am I touching on that correctly? Yeah. I just think this topic is so boring sometimes. So <laughs> like most people have money in pre-tax retirement accounts yeah. because that's generally how you get started. And it, historically, Roths haven't been as popular as they are getting to be. Yeah. And so a lot of people have money that, you know, they're growing in the retirement accounts. And when you start taking the money out, you have to pay the taxes on it. And they're just not ready. Sometimes they're, I think a lot of our retirees get surprised at how big their taxes are because of that. Yes. And a lot of our retirees wish they had more money in Roth IRAs so then they could access some of their retirement money without having to pay the taxes because they already did pay them pre, you know, to start with. Yes. It's especially frustrating when you turn 73 and the government says, okay, we've given you a tax deduction on all the money in your pre-tax account, IRA account. Now you have to take some of it out every year. It's called a required minimum distribution. And that really catches people off guard. They're like, what? I have to take $20,000 out and I don't need to take it out? Like, let's say you have social security and a pension or something and all your needs are met and you 
have to take it out every year and put it in your bank or reinvest it or whatever. And it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. It can jump people up in a tax bracket. We've seen that happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. And those can be substantial. The bigger your IRA account is, the more or the higher your required minimum distribution is. Anyway, that's the boring stuff. We're going to try and tell a couple stories and hopefully really illustrate when a Roth conversion might be a good fit or a bad fit. So we first want to talk about our client. We're going to call her Julie. And we changed some of the details of her story. So one of the things that I learned about Julie early on is she was widowed and she was very sharp. She came in, talked to us, and she just knew a lot about where her money was. And so, and she was pretty competent after um, it was an expected death. So she was pretty competent and um, with her finances, which I know isn't the case for everyone. Sometimes death can be very sudden and you don't expect it, but she was expecting it. And so she kind of had some plans in place, which was really nice for her situation. And uh, the year that her husband passed away, she decided, okay, well, I have this money in an IRA account that was his. And And I'd like to get some of it put into the Roth IRA. And this year's a good year to do it because she was widowed. And that year, the year that you're widowed, you can still file your taxes as married filing jointly, not as single. And that's a huge advantage because you get a bigger tax deduction, meaning pay less in taxes. Yeah, the standard deduction if you don't itemize is bigger. And then also the tax brackets are higher, so that you know, before you jump from twenty-four to thirty-two percent is a much higher than the single bracket. Yes. So she took advantage of the before she has to file single to go ahead and take a big portion of her IRA and move it to Roth. So she did that and it worked great um, for her situation because you know she was could still qualify as married filing jointly. And then she had money in her Roth account. And now that money is, anytime she'll take it out in the future, it's tax-free. Well, I guess we have to do this, <laughs> the five-year rule. We'll get to that. But um, that is a huge advantage for her. And, and she's lucky she was able to do that in the year that her husband died. She was competent enough to make financial decisions like that. And it was really a smart move. Yeah. And this is where either, yeah, you got to... N- know your stuff or have a financial advisor to help you because the year of death is a hard year, but there's also some things you should do to take advantage of that married filing joint status. Um, The other reason this works so well for her is because she had cash to pay the taxes because that's another key is you don't want to have to withdraw money from your retirement account to pay the taxes. You want to be able to have cash outside of your retirement accounts to pay those. Yes. And so she had a chunk of life insurance, she used some of that. And, you know, we evaluated, you know, could she afford to pay the taxes and still have money to live? I, she did because they yeah. planned well. That's a good thing to point out too. When you take out from an IRA for a Roth conversion, it counts as your gross income. So think of it that way. Like you are adding a stack of money on top of your gross income, but you're not actually using that money. You're sticking it back into your Roth account to grow. And so it's kind of like, we call it like pretend income or phantom income. It shows up on your taxes, but you don't actually get the benefit. because you're just moving from an IRA account to a Roth account. Yeah, it's not going into your bank. It's not yours to play with and use. So you need to be careful of that. Um, So anyway... And so now Julie, she has to wait at least five years. This is a five-year rule. 
You can't touch the money for five years until after you did the conversion in order to get the tax-free status. And so now, though she has an account that's growing tax-free that she can use down the road, and, you know, our goal is to grow it really a lot, and then she can, um, all that growth she'll get from now until then will all be not taxed. And, you know, the plan is for her to use it, but if she doesn't use it, it can pass to her kids tax-free. Whereas if it was still in the IRA and it passed to her kids, at that point now it's grown more, there's more taxes, and her kids didn't have to pay the taxes on it. Yes. They inherit it. Yes. And that can be unfortunate. Sometimes your kids will have a higher tax bracket than you, so they're going to end up, it depends, but they could end up paying more on IRA distributions. And there's a new rule. If you died after 2020, you have to take it, your kids have to take out the IRA or Roth in a 10-year span. And the IRS is crazy. Yeah, they're making some changes with that. But yeah, yeah, so it it could be a really nice advantage for your kids to have Roth money because there's the flexibility and you don't like force them to have to pay tax on money over a 10-year period. Not that you are forcing them, but... The IRS is. (laughs) That's the situation they're in. So that's awesome, especially for having kids. Well, and while we're talking about kids... Um, so that first year after your spouse dies, you can keep filing joint in the year of their death. And then for two years after, if you have dependents, qualifying dependents, you can claim qualifying widow status, which gives you, again, a better tax bracket and a higher standard deduction. But that is only if you have qualifying dependents. So if you don't have children at home anymore, children at all, you're all of a sudden back at a single tax bracket, which can be less advan- you know, less advantageous. Yeah. Is that the right <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer part of your spouse dying. Not only did your spouse die and you have to refigure your finances, now you might have higher taxes. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't... Which is another reason to do the Roth conversion in the year you still have the joint status. So then as you are single, if you have to take money out of the IRAs, you're going to be jumping into higher brackets sooner as a single person. Yeah, it's definitely a very cool strategy. If you're widowed, trying to capture a Roth conversion in the year that your spouse passes away, or if you're a qualifying widower and have dependents, you have a little bit more time. But the qualifying widower status, like Nicole mentioned, isn't the exact same as married filing jointly. Mm -hmm. It has some differences. So just be aware of that. We want to tell another story for another opportunity that Roth conversions could make sense. We're going to talk um, about our client. We'll call her Allie. So Allie is very charitably minded. And this came in great, uh, had great timing for what we wanted to help her accomplish. So she's very, very charitably minded. She's given to her community all her life. She's um, just been this exceptional, uh, I don't know, she's just very caring about other people. And she has a project she's really passionate about, charity she wants to give to. Yes. And she specifically really wanted to uh, help people who are sick. And so one of the things that she, and especially children who are sick. So one of the things that she decided that she would do is when she passes, she wants some of her inheritance to go to support those people and um, battling cancer or whatever illnesses they may. And that was something that we, as we discussed with her, was clear was very important to her, that that specific group she wanted to help. So we talked through some options with her and found that 
having her contribute to a charitable account called a donor advised fund. We'll have, we have, or did we already record that episode? No, Not we yet. need to. We need to record it. <laughs> so I have a whole episode about that coming. But so she contributed to this charitable account and it basically gives you a big charitable tax deduction in the year that you put money into it. So she gets a, got a big deduction for contributing to this charitable fund and the fund proceeds were to help these kids with cancer and sickness. So she did that and that gave her this huge deduction and to kind of um, capitalize on that, we decided we would help her do a Roth conversion that year because again, Roth conversions increase your income. And if you have a big charitable gift, it can kind of offset, if you will, that Cancel income. each other out. Cancel each other out. And I hope, <laughs> hopefully that's clear because this gets a little into the weeds, but basically those two offset each other. So she did a big Roth conversion that year. Um, she's retired, like I mentioned, and that enabled her to move money from her IRA to her Roth and give to charity and um, have to pay less in taxes herself because she had given to charity in the same year. So that was awesome that we were able to help her with that. Yeah. And so we put like, we'll just say about $250,000 into that charitable account. And now she's going to use that money throughout her lifetime to donate to the different charities. Yes. Um, and then I guess this is another caveat of, well, if she just wanted to leave money at her death, then she shouldn't have done the Roth conversion. She should just leave it in the IRA and let the IRA go to the charity and the charity would not have to pay taxes. Uh -huh. But she had some stuff she wanted to do while she was still living. She needed to use some of her IRA while she's still living. And yes. this way we were able to convert the money she needed to the IRA, from the IRA to the Roth. And now she can pull out the money she needs tax-free offset by that charitable yeah, if she didn't need the IRA money during her life, really wouldn't have made sense. But she needed it. Might as well make it Roth money, right? Yeah. Then she doesn't have to pay tax. <laughs> and then it grows tax-free until she needs it. And um, she really capitalized because she actually wasn't taking an itemized deduction most years. Uh huh. She's, and so her charitable gifts were not being... I get, I'd, you know, they were counting towards <laughs> charity, but they weren't counting towards helping her on her taxes. Yeah. Now this way she itemized in that first year. Going forward, she'll just always take the standard deduction, but she got all that charitable deduction right up front. Yep. So great strategy. If you need to talk to your tax uh, consultant, if that would be an option for you. But if you're charitably minded, we definitely think that Roth conversions could be something to look into. Yeah. And there's a lot of things though that you have to be careful of. So yes. um, your income, your adjusted gross income counts towards them deciding other things in your life, such as <laughs> Medicare premiums and Social Security taxes. And if you have to get health insurance on the marketplace, whether you qualify for a subsidy or not. So another story. Um, so Stacy, um, she had pretty low income. She had some tax-free income and she's able to draw a lot of out of cash. She had some big cash accounts and CDs that were had been set up for her. And so she didn't have high income e each year, but she did have a large IRA that she'd inherited from her husband. And she was young, you know, in her 50s, so she didn't need to use any of that money. Well, she couldn't touch most of that money until 59 and a half. But when she did turn 59 and a half, we were showing her taxes will jump up a lot because a lot of her cash would be used, and now she has to use her retirement account, which is all taxable. But currently, she's basically paying no taxes. And we estimated we could convert 
about $15,000 every year for her, fifteen dollars to $25,000 every year for her, take advantage of her deductions, and get some of that IRA money over to the Roth. However, she was also on a tight budget, and she was on the marketplace, get, getting her health insurance to the marketplace. So even though we could keep her conversions tax at 0%, it would cause her health care premiums to go up. And so it was a, it was a balancing act of okay, well, it's they're not going up that much. It might still be worth doing the Roth conversion, but it's something to be aware of so you don't get any surprises. Yeah, and I think a good point you made there is the person who wants to do a Roth conversion they need to be careful. I know it really is a great idea. It can be a great idea, but you got to be really careful because it could affect you in an adverse way. And there's so many variables. We didn't even touch on all of them today. And we don't want to. It would be really boring. So. Well, I think we should touch on one more variable. Um, if you're within two years of being on Medicare, your Medicare premiums are also based on your income. So if you do a big Roth conversion, you could cause your Medicare premiums to double or more depending on how much you convert. And that's also another surprise. And Medicare premiums are silly because they look back two years. So if you're 63, you do a Roth conversion, they'll look back at your income at 63 when you turn 65 to go on Medicare to determine how much you pay. And it's just for one year. But, you know, you just need to be aware of it. That's another cost of doing the conversion. You got to pay the taxes and what will, how it'll affect your health care. Yes. Yeah. Health care is one of those big ones that I think we should mention. There's other small things that we are not going to get to today. But again, messages, talk to your tax person. They will know some of those intricacies and uh, make sure that it's right for your situation, that you have a good income level and you have money to pay off the tax. I think some there's some reasons not to do a Roth conversion. We love Roth IRAs and we really try to push a lot of people to get money into their Roth accounts. Tax regrowth, people are way more happier with it than <laughs> growing a big tax liability. Some situations where you sh maybe shouldn't do a Roth conversion are if you're going to be in a pretty low tax bracket ongoing, then maybe you just pay the taxes as you go. There can be some pros and cons to doing that, but something to weigh out. Pay the taxes on your IRA as you go, as you need it, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could also have, if you need it in the next five years, we talked about this earlier, but if you if that's your situation, then a conversion, you have to wait five years until you can take that money. So if you're like, oh, I'll just convert it over to Roth and use it next year, no. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Um, if you're really young, like you were widowed in your 30s, and especially if you have kids, there's so many variables to your financial plan. A Roth conversion could or could not work for you. And um, so I just think it's really important to do a financial plan and just see, actually for everybody, but especially for somebody really young. Yeah, it could work, but it's, yeah, lots of variables in that specific situation. So I think the coolest part about Roth conversions is that I've seen is just seeing how it could how it's impacted people's finances and having more money in a Roth post-tax account is such a good feeling. It's like, oh, I need a car when I'm 65. I can take 50,000 out and spend it on the car and not worry about the taxes. Whereas if it's in the IRA, you got to gross that up for taxes. So 50,000 plus taxes, I don't know, 60,000, 62,000. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on your tax bracket. So super awesome advantage. 
I'm excited to see the effects that that has in our widowed clients' lives um, as they go forward and have that resource for them and their kids. Yeah. The younger you are, the more um, advantageous a Roth conversion is because you have more time to let it grow tax-free. So doing it while you're younger is better if possible. And it's also better to try and get money into the Roth in the first place by contributing your Roth contributions. We did a Roth versus traditional episode. So go take a listen to that. Yes. And there's a lot of reasons to do it. And it's a big tax saving strategy, but it can be quite hefty taxes up front. Yeah. Um, So the taxes can be hefty, but uh, we know that there's a lot of people in the world who are of the opinion that tax rates are only going to get higher. We know that the government changes tax rates as times change. I know a long time ago, taxes were a lot lower. (laughs) And as times change and uh, things happen, these tax rates have increased. And a lot of people are of the opinion that they're going to continue to increase. And so if you are of that opinion, or you feel strongly that tax rate, your tax rate is just going to bump up as you get older, that's a good opportunity or reason to do a Roth conversion if you're of that opinion because you should convert while your taxes are lower and then you can utilize the money when your taxes are higher. If you have the opposite opinion, then you shouldn't do a Roth conversion. But a lot of people feel that way and I can understand why. I'm not saying they for sure go up, but I can understand why. So that's a good option if you feel that way. All right. So I hope we did not bore people too much with tax talks. Taxes are so complicated, but they're so important because taxes can be one of your biggest expenses in retirement. And they can change drastically as you are widowed and as your life changes. So it's an important thing to plan for and to look at some ways to lower your taxes. So we um, will just say here that we are not tax accountants. And so you should talk to your tax professional. We don't know your situation. And this is not tax advice. (laughs) Yes, but our takeaway is if you feel like a Roth conversion might be appropriate for your situation, talk to your financial advisor and your accountant or one or both. Probably both. Probably both. both To help you plan that. (laughs) Um, To see if this would work for your situation and it could really benefit you if your situation's appropriate and it, it works for you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to know more about us and what we do, visit our website, rockhousefinancial.com. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.